I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm willing to work as hard as I can. There is no past, there's no future, there's just this moment right here. If I did that, if I can get through that, like, come at me. Changing how I saw myself, like, as a man, not just as, as an athlete. It's okay that I struggle. It's okay, that's part of the deal. It's how I respond to it. Athlete Podcast. I'm Tom Foxley, founder of Mindset Rx and your host. Today I am joined by Bethany Shadburn, who needs very little introduction in the CrossFit community. Bethany has had, well, a few years of ups and downs in terms of competing and being one of the hottest prospects, only to have a pretty significant injury recently. And again, she's one of these athletes that just holds a a mindset that is far beyond her years in terms of wisdom and um, just maturity in terms of the skills that she's developed, but also the perspective that she holds. And this is the second time she's been on the podcast because there's just more and more that Bethany talks about that is so captivating, so engaging, and there's so much that you can apply to. So here is Bethany Shad. <laughs> So Bethany, welcome to the show. Um, ecstatic to be talking to you. Really looking forward to to getting this yeah. conversation going. Um, it Thank has you. been, like we're just saying, it's been like a year and a little bit since we spoke last. And there's been a ton that has changed in that time. So so like it's quite yeah. a nice like kind of interim period. So yeah, yeah, let's take us through. Like what the what's the last year been for you? Uh, it's been crazy. And like we were just talking offline, um, I haven't done a podcast in a year. So it's kind of been uh, a blessing in disguise to kind of just digest everything that's gone on. <laughs> uh, it's been a roller coaster of emotions um, from 2021, having one of my best years at semifinals or like a regionals level, and then getting COVID, not being able to compete uh, due to that, and just feeling really fit, like feeling really good. Um, and then the following year, thinking that it was going to be my best year yet. Uh, and then quarterfinals happens and my back goes out on me and takes me out for the whole season. Mm. So it was, and on top of that, I thought, oh, it's just going to be like a month or two before I feel better. And that was not the case. It was pretty much 365 days of being in pain. Uh, not every single day, but it was just like an up and down, just like, up. Oh, that hurts, that hurts, that hurts. And so uh, it's been tough. It's been a tough year. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, so that's athletically. Um, what else has been going going on so we can put all the pieces together? Oh, yes. Okay. Um, well, I got married. So that's yep. awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> that was a huge positive. Thank you. Um, I moved from Vegas to Los Angeles, so now I'm in California. Never thought that I would be here in LA, but here we are and been enjoying it other than it's been like super cold and rainy here ever since we got here pretty much. So not really that, as sunny as. <laughs> yeah. Is that super cold and rainy for LA or is that super cold and rainy? Yeah. Yes. For, for me as a Texan as well, yeah. too. So yeah, like bet. that's completely different than I guess like a being up north or anywhere else, but. A cold 58 
degrees okay, Fahrenheit. Yeah, so I don't know yeah. what that is Celsius, but <laughs> chilly. Um, yeah. And then um, I think the, the biggest positive out of everything other than getting married um, is just a lot of time to think and a lot of time to grow. And I think it's a huge fork in the road for a lot of people. It's you either become a victim of your circumstance or um, it's cheesy, but like you become a victor of your circumstance. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's an everyday choice. It's an everyday battle to choose to have that type of perspective of not being a victim. And some days I was, <laughs> but I feel like overall, if I look back at the last year, um, I've made a lot of changes to the mental and emotional and spiritual side of my life. And I think that's a missing link for me as an athlete. So it's been exciting to kind of put that into use the last two parts of this season. And hopefully I'll get more chances to put that into use more. Yeah, I hope so. I, I really hope so. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting thing to do to have such a public persona i mean there's like best part of half a million people following you on instagram and then there's the kind of the social side of things um where it's like you feel the need all the social kind of obligational pressure to like share so much of your life and your journey and then like people like me saying can you chat to me for for an hour about about your training like you got all that going on and then the kind of decision to be quite um not reclusive but private about it is like uh-huh. it's quite a difficult change to make a, a quite difficult shift in I- identity yeah yeah you know honestly though like like i was kind of saying at the beginning <clears throat> i think i was protected honestly this past year because i didn't have a ton of obligations to share um i did go to the crossfit games to hang out and do some obligations for my sponsorships and got to talk a little bit but Um, other than that, I didn't feel like I shared a ton and didn't feel pressure to share a ton. And I think for me as a CrossFit games athlete, I'm kind of like an in-between person in the sense of, I don't think I'm like a golden child in CrossFit. Like, I don't think I'm specifically followed and put on the spotlight in CrossFit, but I also don't think that like, I'm a nobody either. So I feel like I'm kind of in the middle. Um, And so I think because of that, uh, a lot of things weren't highlighted as much as maybe someone that's completely in the spotlight in CrossFit. Can you give me an example? Who is a poster child. Um, I would say maybe someone like Brooke Wells with her elbow situation. She was definitely highlighted um, a lot. And that's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure to be able to um, not only go through your own recovery process, but feel like. Um, maybe things have to be shared a little bit more. People are wondering, uh, what's going on and not to say that my stuff doesn't matter. Um, but I don't think mine mattered maybe as much in that sense of being a poster child for CrossFit. So, and I don't say that as like a victim. I say that as like, it's a blessing because I got to kind of sit in my own stew and emotions and like really figure things out. And, uh, have my ups and downs and not feel like I was in the spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was it like in the initial 
like three, four weeks after after quarterfinals? Was that like a yeah, low yeah. period or was it like a kind of dismiss it and ignore the problem period? Like what was going on there? <laughs> well, I think the problem started way before quarterfinals for me. Um, I think it initially started right after I got back from COVID um, after the games. Um, I kind of went into the gym guns a blazing and thought that, you know, I'm just as fit as I was before uh, the CrossFit Games, before I got sick. And I think that got me in a little bit of trouble as far as like injuries. So I, my, my mindset was like, okay, I'm probably not going to do Rogue because I'm not going to have enough time because I took a month off. Um, but my goal is to do Wadapalooza. So I started training like I would for Wadapalooza, but I didn't gradually kind of build into it. And that is a big rookie mistake, as any athlete knows. You don't just jump into what everybody else is doing. You got to gradually build in. Um, so that sent me off with a ton of injuries of like a high ankle sprain, which I've never done. I like rolled my ankle jumping off a bar and it was like swollen all the way up to my knee. It was black and blue. I was like, what the heck? Uh, so that took about eight weeks to recover. And then I got like nerve and numbness in my hands from like a neck issue that was like six to eight weeks. And then my back went out on me. So it was just like, boom, boom, boom. Um, and I think that sent me into like a mental spiral of, uh, just not feeling in control, not feeling like I was not going to be ready for Wadapalooza. Um, but I did it anyways. And that sent me into like a spiral of emotions of not having fun anymore. Like I was not having fun. It was like the first time at a competition where I was like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. Um, I was like crying before each day started because I was just like, I don't know what's going on with me. Like I was like frustrated at myself that I wasn't having fun. And like when I was on the competition floor, I just wanted to quit during each event. And that's never happened to me. Um, mm. Usually, even if I have like a not so great mindset, when I got when I get onto the competition floor, I'm like, this is my home. This is what I love to do. And so for the first time that not happening, I was just like, what's going on? Like, am I done competing? Like there's mm -hmm. all these questions in my head, like, am I burnt out to the point where, okay, I'm not having fun. So does that mean I'm done? And I always told myself that from the beginning, like the moment that you're not having fun, like it's time to move on to something else. Um, so that was going on in my head throughout Wadapalooza when I got back home. And um, I think I just realized like after a couple of months, even before um, I would say before quarterfinals that it wasn't that it was because I haven't had any consistent training since before West Coast Classic. Mm. And I think that is a huge mental game and can be when uh, you're an athlete to like think that you're done and to think that you're burnt out um, with not having consistency in your training. Um, and so I think that was like the biggest problem. And it just continued because I started getting into like the scarcity mindset of like, okay, I have to get ready for the open now. Like this is supposed to be the best season yet. And I'm dealing not only with injuries now, but also this feeling of not having fun, feeling burnt out, and feeling like I think 
my career's done, you know? So it was like all these things that started before even the open began. And it was just like a terrible place to be in. Like, I didn't know what to do with my emotions. Uh, I just was like kind of all over the place and, um, my injuries weren't getting better. My back kept on going out on me. Um, it went out on me, I think like four times before quarterfinals. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I just like, didn't, did not train. Like I was out of shape to my standards of out mm-hmm. of shape. Um, and I think when you're out of shape and you're not conditioned, then you're definitely not going to have fun because you're not going to be able to fully express yourself as an athlete when you compete. Um, or even when you train. So I think it started way before quarterfinals. Um, so once quarterfinals happened, oh, sorry, you can no, ask no, no, questions. No, no, sorry, no, no, all over no, the place. No, no. <laughs> you, you talk. Thank you. I don't want to um, ruin your flow. No, you're good. Um, yeah, so I think once quarterfinals happened, um, it was like almost a sense of like, I was definitely upset and really sad that I wasn't competing, but there was this side of me that that was like, there's a ton of peace and almost relief that I wasn't competing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. As weird as that sounds, because I was just not, I'm not in a good mental place, not happy, not having fun. Um, so I think once again, it was like kind of a blessing in disguise. Obviously, there was a part of me that was like, dang, okay, I'm going to be out for a whole season. Um, this will be my second year not competing at the CrossFit Games after being there consecutively for five years in a row. Um, and feeling like just the year before that I was super fit um, and wanting to be able to express that on the CrossFit Games floor because I've never been able to do that. Um, and also feeling like okay, our sponsor is going to start dropping me. Yeah, so that's that, that's kind of what. I'm- <laughs> interesting because that's like what 99% of people who listen to this podcast won't have that kind of feeling of yeah if this is the end of my competitive career then it's a financial huge like hit on me as well and like the uncertainty that comes with that and then like then you've got this part of your mindset like it's not just your training and not just your connection to a community as well it's also like your financial security as well so that's like such a such a, a threat as well yeah, it was, it was really scary. And it was like kind of sad that that was exactly where my mind went to first. Um, literally, like when my back went out on me, so I was doing the, I guess, like the total in quarterfinals last year, which was uh, you had 20 minutes to do a squat clean max, a bench press and overhead squat. So I started with squat clean. And the second weight that I did, my back just went out on me and I fell on the ground. Um, and literally when I fell on the ground, I was like, my sponsors. That was the first thing that came into my head. And I was like, that's kind of sad that I'm literally going straight there, that I'm so fearful of uh, financially where I'm going to be at. But that's always been my biggest fear. Um, And I didn't go full-time athlete until I moved to Vegas. So I didn't go full-time athlete until 2021 because of that reason. Mm -hmm. I was worried that I was going to get injured or sick and be out for a year and then sponsors would drop me and then I would be in this position. So it was almost like one of the biggest fears that I had came true in a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now I had to deal with it. 
Yeah, and that's that's a really rough one, especially when you're like, I was, I was thinking about okay, what's the the original driver behind this? If you look at it as like the sequence of events with the kind of like, I'm guessing some form of overtraining, trying to like catch up quickly, yeah. injuries coming in. Yeah. Um, and I think we spoke about junk volume last time as well. The kind of design, yeah, yeah we yeah we did. Yeah. Um, so there's like, <laughs> there's already this feeling right at the beginning of the sequence of like. I'm too far behind. I need to catch up this kind of FOMO scarcity mentality all the way up to, Oh, I've really screwed my back. And now like, and now there's the financial uncertainty too. It just, it speaks to me about like the pressure to, to maintain fit, but also to maintain your identity as an athlete for so many other reasons too. So it's like, it's this multivariant, like super complex problem from lots of different angles. So like, what i'm basically saying is like how do you deal with that much pressure like there's there's so much (laughs) yeah 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 um yeah i think um i think you have to realize that i don't want to get like too hokey pokey on you but like things really do happen for a reason and things will work out the way they're supposed to um and I was very fortunate and very lucky enough to um, be with Born Primitive at the time. And I started a collection with them, which came out January 2022, like right before um, or during Wadapalooza, I guess, or right before Wadapalooza. Um, And so like that really set me up successfully financially for the whole year. Um, Not only that, but competing at Wadapalooza and getting second. Mm-hmm. Um, there's money in that too. So even though I had all these fears, I I wasn't looking at at the time, I wasn't looking at like, no, actually I'm gonna be just fine. <laughs> I'm gonna be just fine, at least for this year, you know. A lot of my contracts were up at the end of 2022. So I think that's maybe where my mind was at of like, okay, they're deaf, no one's gonna re-sign me because of what's happened um, career-wise with me. Like I've been out now for two years at the games or it will be at that time when I'm trying to re-sign things. And so I think I was just worried about the future that wasn't even there. And um, I think that was part of the problem. We can't, you can't do that (laughs) because it hasn't even happened and you don't, you don't know what's going to happen. You really don't. Um, So I, yeah, I had to, I had to get out of my own way basically for a full year. And, um, it was really hard because I didn't want to, mm-hmm. I wanted to be stuck in this, uh, what was me victim mindset, which I think kept my back in pain for a full year. What too. do you mean by that? Um, I, I definitely think so as, as much as it is physical, I think there's a psychological part to it. There's no way that there's not because I've had this chronic pain for 15 years. Like there's no way that there's not. Um, and so that's just my take on it. That's my story. That's my thought process on there's, there's a component of a physiological, a psychological part to it. There has to be like, there's just no way that there's not. Um, and so, yeah, I think I just, stayed in that state for a while. Um, but I kept working out. I did what I could, even though I was in pain. Um, there was like days where I don't, I don't like using this term lightly because, uh, I think it's a very extreme term, but like, there was a lot of days where I was like, I don't want to get out of bed. Like, I don't, I don't want to get out of bed. Like, I don't want to do anything. 
Um, and so I would term that as kind of like more of a depressed state for sure. Um, I don't want to say I'm like clinically depressed or whatever, but I think there was like depressive moments where, um, that's definitely, uh, a tendency of people that are depressed. It's like, they don't want to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. They don't want to, it's not like I didn't want to live. Um, but I just was like, I just don't have the energy to want to get out of bed. Um, but I always forced myself to, I always did. Like I never, I never just like sat around. In those moments, what was the thing that was driving you to get out of bed? Like what was, what was the thought process there? Was it like, come Bethany, like, don't be this type of person. Like this isn't you. Or was it kind of like, yeah. a, this is where we want to get to. Was it more like compassionate to yourself? Like what was the kind of the driver to get you like kind of right. I'm going to do something with today. Yeah. I think, so I think with everything, like awareness is the most important thing. So awareness of why you're doing things, why you feel a certain way. And so I think I had that awareness, luckily of like, okay, I want to stay in bed because I feel depressed. And so I think the most important thing that you can do is to do the opposite of that. Um, And so I think it was kind of like a middle ground of like being hard on myself, like being stern to myself, but also like sharing you know, grace and compassion with myself as well, because, um, it just, it's a lot. Like, I think everything, I think once quarterfinals ended, it was that sense of relief. Right. And so it's just like, okay, I can kind of relax, but I think that everything just kind of just like felt really heavy for a couple of months. And then on top of like, not feeling better was the hard part for me is I thought that my back would feel better after like, two months I was like I'm gonna go extreme let's just say like two months it's gonna take me two months to feel better and not be in pain and um so I think during those first two months I guess like March April May um I was just like I mean you're gonna feel sad you're gonna feel like everything's really heavy and so I think I had awareness around that so just like acceptance give your yeah yeah and it's just like give yourself some wiggle room Um, but like still do things, you know, but I think at the same time I knew I was like feeling burned out. So I needed to take like time off away from like the CrossFit gym, just kind of (laughs) reset, reset, stay away. Um, and I think that only comes with, uh, uh, getting older because I'm almost 30 (laughs) and like, I've had feelings of this before, like in bodybuilding where, I came back from doing a show and I was just like, dude, I'm burnt out. Like I do not want to be in the gym. And so it's like finding that middle ground of like still doing things and like trying to have fun with it. Um, but also like, don't force yourself to do certain things. So I mainly went to like a bodybuilding gym and stayed away from a CrossFit gym for about three months, four months. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I think that's uh a wise move. So like, it's interesting yeah. how you talk because like you had the the way I I kind of explain to athletes I work with is we're trying to with our mindset and body like the perfect father and the perfect mother at the same time. It's like these two yeah. roles that we have. Like one of them, like neither like too much of the mother and it's a bit like too much too gentle, too soft, like and too much of the father it becomes like tyrannical and like getting yourself out of those depressive states to be like 
you're like the wrong type of person you're, there's something wrong yeah. with you get out and then too much of the mother would be like okay just just do whatever you want like is the it's it's okay the, yeah, yeah exactly yeah and you've got these exact balances really like nicely see like assertive yeah. but compassionate too and that's like a, yeah. a really interesting sign that you've managed to develop that because most crossfit athletes that yeah. i encounter and and also watch as well because you can almost feel it when you watch certain athletes compete there's so much of that tyrannical father side of like just push just be aggressive like force yourself to do it which is all important but at the right time not in every environment right yeah i think what set me up for success even though like i still had some low moments was i started mental and emotional and spiritual spiritual work back in 2019 Mm -hmm. um and i had my ups and downs with it but um overall i felt like i had a pretty good base um to be able to handle what i was about to experience and go through post quarterfinals in 2022 um i think without the work beforehand uh there's just no way i would be where i'm at right now yeah so So i think that's an important part crossfit continuum from sickness through to wellness through to fitness do you know you've seen that continuum yeah Yeah, so the idea is from a physical point of view that you push as much towards fitness as you can and then when a physical illness or ailment hits you it doesn't take you so far back maybe you just end up at wellness then you can build back to that capacity but the same applies from a mental perspective too, a mental emotional landscape Mm, perspective where it's like uh, so much of mentality and mental health work is focused on that kind of like from sickness to wellness get you up away from like absence of illness but nothing kind of bridges that or very little that i'm aware of bridges yeah. that gap between like wellness and fitness which is where where i work but into obviously the work that you've been doing too has kind of pushed mm-hmm. into that realm so that it seemed like it didn't push you as far as it could have done like you had more like slap yeah. in the system right yeah. And I think that just kind of goes back to awareness of like what was really going on. Right. And like mm-hmm. what I was experiencing. Um, and I think having that perspective just allowed me to have like, it's okay to have that victimized mindset, but I knew like deep down that I wasn't going to stay there. And mm-hmm. I think that's what the difference was. Um, also too, like, I think a huge part, um, that I built up before experiencing last year was like community community was a huge part like having an an inner circle like advocates that you truly trust and that you can share everything with um and i think that was a huge part of um when i did feel depressed when i didn't want to get out of bed i shared that with my inner circle were they um, people in the crossfit world or outside of the crossfit world outside mostly yeah um i've two best friends that one, she, she does CrossFit, but like not anything mm-hmm. crazy. She just like manages a gym. Um, she does it just to work out. And then I have another girlfriend, um, that I've known for since I was 18 and she is uh, going to school right now to be an ophthalmologist. So, uh, super smart, <laughs> very smart, very smart. Um, but she like knows, like she knows things about CrossFit, but she doesn't do it. So she definitely supports me from afar. Um, and then, yeah, those are kind of like my two advocates as far as like girls go. And then I have my husband um, and then my mom. Um, those are kind of like my four like inner, inner circle people. Mm. Um, and then I have like a couple more that were surrounding that. And then I think that it's just important to have layers. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I don't think, I think it's important Um I think what I realized back in 2019 when I started uh, praying for 
like advocates and, and friendships and women is not everyone deserves to see the full version of yourself. Only certain people do. I think there is an important aspect to that. And I used to overshare myself too much with a lot of people. Because you wanted that connection, that support. Yeah, I think deep down that's what I wanted, but I think it was also like a cry for help because it didn't yeah. have high self-esteem or self-worth. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think yeah, that's really, really what dumb. it came down to. Yeah. Um, and I think once I realized that, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't really need to share everything with everybody. And that's how I know I'm not in alignment with, uh, like for me personally, I know that I'm not in alignment with God um, or even sharing with my inner circle exactly what's going on is when I start oversharing with other people. <laughs> so, and they're not even like, maybe they don't even ask, but I just like start word bobbing to them. Yeah. And it's like not anybody that, I really know, um, maybe talk to them at the gym, but it's like, okay. Yeah. And also backtrack and reflect. (laughs) Yeah. Because of your reputation as well. And because you are somebody within the CrossFit world and people want that status and connect to you. They want almost like a a piece of that as well. Like not in, like not necessarily in a negative way. Some are more malicious, but like, but most people just want to like connect to that status so that just like buying a designer handbag or a car, they elevate their status up by associating with you so that people want that kind of connection, want a piece of you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I gave it to them. I used to give it to them. I used to share everything with everybody. And I think that just like, it causes unnecessary drama in your life. Yeah. And it just causes just extra emotional energy that you don't need to give away. And mm-hmm. I think when I started doing my own personal growth and stuff, I realized that it was like, ah, yes, tendencies, my tendencies. You always got to figure out what, where your tendencies are, where you fall short and uh start making some progress in those areas so that was a huge one of mine that i was just like ooh, yeah i'm doing that a lot (laughs) that's painful like there's there's this young quote until you make the unconscious conscious it will dictate your life or rule your life and you'll call it fate yeah and like it's so uncomfortable when you shine that light around and you see like oh these are bits of me that i actually really don't like and are hurting me but also they feel like they're this part of who i am and like part of it will be who you are because it's like your um like your personality traits so the big five personality traits like they're fairly set in stone once you get to 25 or so but then your character skills on top of that and how you develop that and your character flaws too that kind of um compounds or alleviates some of those so like it's it's a really Mm -hmm. uncomfortable journey um that you Mm -hmm. go into but like what's interesting as well is the fact that you've done that work before and now yeah. when something like this, which like I've seen firsthand destroy CrossFitters entire kind of yeah. um, mental, emotional health as well, because there's mm-hmm. so much their identity wrapped into it that like you had that, that threshold, that, that slack in the system to work with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I had a great base for sure. Um, yeah. And to kind of touch on the um, kind of, telling on yourself basically i think that's where the advocates come in that's where your community comes in because i think for me like a definition of an advocate is someone that truly just wants to be there for you no matter what like through the ups and downs doesn't want to uh, it's like always just going to support you and like you can like it's not contingent like the love is not contingent on anything that you do 
anything that uh, maybe you look like. Um, it's not contingent on all that stuff. And so I think having like true advocates for yourself allows you to maybe even ask the question to them, like, Hey, like, where am I falling short? You know, Mm. or the opposite of like you telling them like, Hey, I felt short today and I need to share this, you know, and knowing that like, if you share that, it's not going to change the way that you, they feel about you. Um, And I think having that confidence is like a very, very important part to self-growth and identity and self-worth, self-esteem, all that stuff. Mm. Are you, would you describe yourself or view yourself as like an advocate for other people, like in the same way that you have those people around you? Are you supporting people in a similar way? Yeah, I feel like most people do, right? Like Mm -hmm. I feel like most people are way nicer to friends than themselves. Yeah. Uh, I really feel that. And I think that's when you have to, when you want to work on yourself, you almost have to flip the script. Like you have to start being kinder to yourself. Um, and so I think everyone is, every, I think you could look at anybody's life and be like, yeah, I feel like I'm nicer to my friends and what I would say to them. And it's like, no, but what, what would you say to yourself in that situation? And it's like, oh, well, you know, try, try harder and stop sucking, you know, like whatever it is. Um, and so I think, um, that's the important part is like flip that script of like, what are you saying to yourself when no one's around? Yeah. What are the stories? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What are the stories that you find you have to watch out for? So a story being like a, a kind of a narrative Mm -hmm. or an overarching theme of the way you talk to yourself. And by the way, if you want to skip that as well, I'm comfortable (laughs) to move on to something else. No, no, (laughs) no. I think uh, a huge tendency that is also, it shows me that I'm out of alignment with, uh, with God or my inner circle is I start talking really bad about myself and my body image. Mm-hmm. that's a huge one for me. And I feel like a lot of women and men too, men too, uh, struggle with that of I'll start looking, my, looking at myself in the mirror and be like, Oof, it's not looking good. You know, whether it's like just feeling fat that day or something's wrong with my face or it's always something about my body image. That's a huge story that I tend to just hate on. Um, and I think that just like spreads into a lot of areas, um, because if you don't like the way you look, what's going to happen in the gym, mm-hmm. you're going to overtrain, you're going to do junk volume, <laughs> like you're going to punish yourself, you're going to punish yourself outside the gym, you're not going to eat correctly, you're not going to feel correctly, you're going to undereat. And I found myself doing all that stuff and then some, which then carries over to like recovery process, mental health, like so many other areas. And so, um, yeah, that was just where a lot of things stemmed from was like body image, not liking the way that I looked, not thinking that, um, I hate like using this word, but I think it's important too is, and I don't say this in a vain way, but like really thinking that you're beautiful. Like, I think it's really silly to say, but like, I never thought that I was good looking or pretty or beautiful ever in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very kind of like sad. Like I'm sad for myself for not feeling that way. Um, and it's kind of scary too, because like, if you don't think that way, like your entire life, like, of course, you're going to punish yourself every chance that you get mm. in whatever way that you can. 
whether that's through food or working out. And that's definitely what I did. And then I think the self-talk just got really negative all the time of like, definitely not capable of this, not going to be good enough. Like don't deserve good things to happen to me. Like Mm. it just spreads so far. It's just a spider web. So I've had to really work on that. Yeah. It's interesting. (laughs) And find a balance too. In what way do you mean a balance? Sorry, I'm going to want to pick up all that. Well, I, I think I think it's scary for me to say that stuff because I would never want to be portrayed as someone that is very vain about themselves. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, like I am way better than everybody else. I am way more beautiful than everybody else. Like I would never like that would break my heart for people to think that about me. And so I think I always just put myself down a notch. Mm-hmm. always any chance I could, I would just knock it down, knock it down because that was like a huge fear of mine is like, I never wanted someone to think that I was better than them. Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting. Cause you have that. Have you ever done any shadow work or come across shadow work? Um, I'm actually in the process of doing that right now. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, I'm, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you've got that light side there of humility of being someone that doesn't take themselves above their station and someone that's kind and genuine and connects to people and values other people highly, sort of like beautiful mm-hmm. aspects of, of who you are. And then you have the shadow of that, of I'm not good mm. enough. I don't deserve that. I don't deserve that care, that yeah. love for myself. And it's this double-edged sword that we take into things. Mm-hmm. Like embracing that and getting to know that again that's the painful work of seeing that in inside yourself and inside inside your own yeah. narrative and hearing those thoughts that that's that split that so it's, it's tough work that you're you're encountering yeah i just started like an extensive and i hope this is the right time to do all this because of the season but um i think it's important work but like a 14 week um intensive about just childhood trauma shadow work all that stuff so i'm only on the second week i'm about to do the third week but it's already been good i think it's Mm -hmm. just very important to do and i think i'm ready for it too Mm -hmm. i don't think i would have been ready for it like even last year or the year before but um i think this is like the perfect time to do it so i'm excited to like dive into that stuff a little bit more yeah, it's it's interesting as well the the narrative around like, and I don't think it's a it's a kind of narrative in terms of a, um, in terms of a negative story that you're telling yourself, but just the idea that like, is there a good time behind this? Like, well, in the short term, thinking about like this year of CrossFit and the the coming year, then maybe not, but in the long term, maybe it is the perfect yeah. time for it. And like, this is a tough balance to yeah. to strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely like find I've already found myself like multiple times, even these last three weeks of like going back and forth in my head about that stuff. Like, oh, is this the right time? It's heavy oh, work. I don't know, but yeah. But at the same time, like I don't think there's ever like a perfect time to do anything, right? You just have to have the right mindset and be able to shift your mindset into it. So yeah. that's how I'm choosing to look at it every time mm-hmm. I think that way. When you were sorry to come back onto this the subject, but I'm interested for a few other pieces of like rehab yeah. and injury. When you were going through that process of of kind of, of rehab, was it useful to have your wedding in the horizon as something to focus on, or was it like an added component of stress or both? 
I think there's like a mixture, right? Because like uh, with a wedding comes expenses and mm-hmm. it's not cheap to have a wedding. <laughs> and no, I, mean, I was just too, like, as of, this, as of <laughs> yeah. like probably the same time as you. So, oh man. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, So like that was definitely like a stressor that both my husband and I talked about. Because if we had it our way, I think we would have just uh, went to the court and done that. But I think it's also important to like allow other people to like celebrate you. Um, And so we definitely went back and forth for a while of if we wanted to actually have a wedding ceremony and stuff and how we wanted to do it. But yeah, that stuff gets out of hand really fast as far as financial, like you're just like, what, how did we spend that much money? Um, So that was definitely a stressor stressor in that sense. But um, I think it was a good, um, it was, it was perfect timing in the sense of like, okay, I still got to do something in August, which was kind of cool. Cause like I got married, we got married August 27th. So it was the end of August and like, obviously the CrossFit Games is at the beginning of August. So it just like gave me something to like shoot for, um, in August, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, and so I think it was a, it was a good balance of like something to think about, um, that was not fitness related, CrossFit related whatsoever. Um, but also at the same time that lined up with the CrossFit games in, in a sense. Mm-hmm. What I find so interesting about you is how much balance you've got a- across different areas of your life and how much stability that, yeah. that provides you. You've got like Thank four you. corners of life, health, wealth, love, and happiness. And it seems like you're, you're focused on all of those. And the athletes that, again, that I encounter that struggle with that, the people who don't have that focus or one of them is completely neglected or one of them is so, um, so much a focus that it, that they kind of, they neglect everything else because the one is so so built up (laughs) and it becomes like a a pressure, which must be so easy to fall into as a full-time athlete. Oh Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think we all do that. I think we think that's how you get to success is that way. Um, And I think first off, you have to figure out what is your definition of success, right? Um, And secondly, I think a core value that I incorporated into my life uh, last year was um, a high, what is a high performer? Like what is high performance? And I think for me, high performance is having all of that stuff move together at the same time. So relationally, spiritually, your health, your career, like everything kind of moving at the same time, even if it's just kind of like this, but everything catches up at some point um, instead of like, okay, let's just focus on career and not worry about family or relationships or anything else. And I think that's what got me in trouble. Like, I think you, when you get what you want or what you think that you want, it's not as fulfilling when you don't allow the other things to go at the same time. And I think that's what I realized when I started my mental health journey back in 2019. Um, that was kind of like the like slap in the face that I kind of needed that not that like I had success, right? So like I got eighth place at the CrossFit Games, which was my best placing, the most money I'd ever gotten in one time. And uh, I didn't have anybody to share it with. I wasn't happy with myself. Uh, didn't think I deserved any of it. I uh, thought it was a fluke, thought it was a mistake. Um, and I think that's kind of what set me on the journey of all of this. It's kind of like the spark, basically. I was just like, ooh, 
okay, if this is not going to make me happy, then more of it's definitely not going to make me happy. <laughs> like getting on the podium, getting first, like getting more money, like that's definitely not going to make me happy if this doesn't. Um, and so I was like, well, what's going to, what, what, what is it? You know? And I just, I think I just realized I was like, dang, well, I don't have anybody to like, I, there were so many people that were trying to support me that I was not letting in. I would never let anybody in because I didn't want to let them down. I didn't want to let them down. People pleasing, right? Prioritizing other people above you. I love people pleasing. It's my favorite. Mm. (laughs) Um, No. Yeah. That was a huge one for me was I, uh, I still have tendencies of that. I have to like catch myself and something to be really aware of is I love people pleasing. Like I always want to make everyone happy all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, if you asked me like five years ago, what's your, what would be your superpower if you were a superhero? And it'd be like to make everyone happy all the time. Mm-hmm. That was like, that's what I wanted. Um, which is very unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And what's the flip the side of that, that is to value that above my own happiness and meaning and growth. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I think because of that, like I just never let anybody in too much. And then I would overshare with the wrong people. Like it was like this whole thing that, um, yeah, it was really skewed and really messed up, um, looking back at it now. Um, but obviously I couldn't see that back then. And, um, yeah, I just didn't want to let people in cause I didn't want to let them down. And so when I got done with 2019, people wanted to celebrate me and I did not want to be celebrated at all mm-hmm. because I didn't think I deserved it. And I felt like, well, you know, there's things that I could have done better. And so I let people down that, that way and stuff like that. So it was, it was a whole journey. It was a whole journey. (laughs) Those other areas of life, sometimes we think of them as things that detract from our big ambitious goal, but they're usually the supporters of of that goal. And we kind of don't really realize Mm -hmm. how essential they are until they're not there or till we reach that level and you kind of realize that it's it's hollow it it's a really weird yeah, kind of stage of victory you. of like oh it wasn't worth it like you said because i've got no one to share it with or i've got this uh, yeah this kind of this yeah this hollowness so yeah and i'm really grateful that it happened then like it didn't happen further on in my journey you know because i think people get to i would say that like that's not the top for me. And I hope it's not mm-hmm. like, I, I want to get on the podium. Like that is a huge uh, goal of mine. Um, and so for it to not, it was kind of like a middle ground for me. Mm-hmm. So to be stopped in my tracks there uh, before getting on the podium and feeling all those feelings is such a blessing. It's mm-hmm. huge blessing to figure this stuff out now. Yeah. You mentioned something right at the beginning that's been like a theme of the way you talk and the kind of the, is a way that you interpret events which is this is happening for a reason and yeah there's like there's so many different ways to interpret them so you've mentioned religion and god a few times there's like so that's one way of thinking about it it's something that's been given to me and there's like other ways to interpret it that have the same like end result which is what's the opportunity within this what's the kind of 
why am I being given this? Why me? Like that's the the thinking behind the obstacle is the way. Like mm. the thing that's put in yeah. front of you, the biggest, toughest thing. Right <laughs> Perfect. There's another book along <laughs> those lines by William B. Irvin, who I had on the podcast, um, the Stoic Challenge that you might oh. enjoy. Um, okay. It's the same kind of concept. It's like he talks about the Stoic gods presenting you with this challenge because it's your next level and the re and the way to progress to your next level as an athlete or a human being is to mm. encounter this specific challenge like how are you going to encounter it and I, like you're yeah um, exemplifying that through the way you talk and i'm guessing there's times you shy away from it and all that kind of stuff you're human but it seems oh, like yeah. it seems like <laughs> that is such a almost like a default pattern in you now that like what can i do to to grow from this yeah yeah i, I definitely think that it's becoming a default pattern um i think <laughs> i think as humans like we're always going to struggle with that and you just have to remember to like, it goes back to awareness and reflection. Um, and I think if you can have those two skill sets that, um, that allows you to maybe, maybe like reinterpret the situation, the storm that you're going through. Um, but I think without awareness, without reflection at the end of the day, um, you will not figure that out and you will kind of stay in that like, why, why is this happening to me? Like, instead of like, why not? Why, why, why wouldn't it, you know? (laughs) It just realized, I made me realize that this is the polar opposite to victimhood. It's instead of Mm. why have I been singled out and I'm the victim of this awful thing. It's closest like, wow, I've been, exclusively selected for this opportunity yeah. to grow yeah. and it's like the same yeah. exact same sequence of events completely different interpretation and then completely different actions resulting from it yeah yeah i think there's like some i always read like weird psychology books too and like different stuff but um there's like this one blurb about basically like a siblings having the same experience but like completely different interpretations of exactly what happened. And so I think that's just like really interesting um, to remember. Cause I think the story was like, basically they were outside playing and their mom came out like, Oh, what's going on? Like scared, I guess about them being in the street. And it's like, one had the interpretation of like the mom is scared. And the other one was like, mom is mad, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's just interesting. That's like, they literally had the same experience, but like their interpretations of it is completely different. And so um that's just like interesting that we can we can literally do that with every situation that we're given you can choose to see it a certain way or you can choose to see it of like okay this is like this sucks but like okay what can i do to grow from this and experience things from this and maybe alter Mm-hmm. my experience for next time so this doesn't happen you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's always like choosing to look at it a certain way yeah and you're not hiding from the reality you're embracing every aspect yeah. of the reality it's uh completely yeah. like you're not naively saying oh, oh yeah shit. i'm fine it's all it's all good whereas like you yeah. actually shit happens like it is uncomfortable but how am i going to interact yeah. with this which is yeah. exactly what happened. Yeah, it's like not last being embarrassed. Yeah, yeah, or ashamed yeah. of what's happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think just taking full ownership of what's going on yeah. because I definitely had a part in all of this. I decided to like, I think what I realized because I for this year, um, not to kind of like skip ahead, but I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Um, for quarterfinals this year, 
um, I had some deja vu moments compared to last year. Um, my back started feeling irritated a week out quarterfinals. And that's what happened last year. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think what I realized is mm, I allowed myself to stay in this victimized mindset last year. Um, and I couldn't see any possibility of getting out of it. So I was already defeated before quarterfinals started last year because I think there was like a lot of variables that went into that. I definitely felt like alone in the situation. Um, and I just, I think emotionally, I just like wasn't in a great place because there was already like the feelings of burnout. Do I really want to do this? Do I want to continue to, you know, do this as my career? So I had all of that on top of like my back feeling not great. Mm -hmm. um, and so I couldn't shift out of that. And so I chose my own destiny with my thoughts, basically, because I chose to just like stay in that what was me kind of victimized mindset. And this past year, similar, I was there's so there's like a lot of things that I still haven't done in CrossFit this year, uh, a lot of things. Um, and so we were trying out some new stuff last Friday before quarterfinals started. And I woke up on Saturday and I was like, okay, my back's a little irritated. Uh, what do I do? And I saw I was like, pretty positive. I was like, it's fine. Um, I'm just going to take the day off and hopefully I'll be able to train tomorrow, which was a Sunday. And so I woke up Sunday, felt exactly the same. So it was another choice of like, okay, do I train or do I take off? I think the old me would have been like, let's just train because you need scarcity mindset. We need to like get training in because you're so far behind. Um, I was like, I mean, at this point, we're not getting any fitter. Like whatever I can do right now is whatever I can do. Um, so the more confidence I can have with my back feeling good going into a competition, the better. Uh, so I took off thinking that it was going to be okay on Monday and it wasn't. And that's when it hit me as far as like, I started kind of getting into that mindset of last year of woe is me. It's not getting better. What's going to happen? Is my season over? Am I even going to be able to compete? I can barely squat right now. Like it was pretty irritated. Um, and I just, I just realized that the battle isn't going to be physical for me for quarterfinals. It was going to be an emotional and mental fight. Um, cause I was going to do what I could physically during quarterfinals, but there was a lot of things that I just hadn't done. So like, I'm not going to be able to control that aspect of it. Um, but what I can control, I was like, is my mindset and what I do with my emotions during the weekends. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge skill set that I think in the past I did not have. Mm -hmm. And I definitely had to put it to work <laughs> during quarterfinals <laughs> to the yeah. utmost extreme. And so it was like a huge successful moment for me, even though like, I'm sure some people they'll like look on the leaderboard and they're like, dude, this girl barely made it. She's washed up, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'm like, no, 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 no. I know my capabilities as an athlete are there. Um, I just haven't had the training. Uh, so it's actually pretty scary to be quote unquote, this fit, make it without training. Or at least that's the way I choose to look at it. And I have so much confidence in myself, but I needed to learn this other lesson, the emotional, being able to flip a switch and get back into um, the competitive mode, get back into a positive mindset um, when 
I felt very negative when I felt like all was lost. And mm. so it was a huge battle that I won. So I was really excited about that. So you had some very process-based goals of this is how I want to act. This is the, these are the decisions I want to make. Oh, yeah. Did you go into yeah. it with an outcome-based goal as well? Um, honestly, I was trying to get last. I was trying to like, I just want to barely make it. That was kind of like, if I had to put a number on it, I didn't really like put a number on it, but I kind of said that to my coach. I was like, I just want to make it in. Like, it doesn't matter what placement I get. And it's almost better if I don't um, do well, because that shows me that it shows me for next year and the years leading up. I mean, I know every year is a little bit differently because the workouts are different, but that I can do a little and Mm -hmm. still do a lot. Yeah. And I think that's what it showed me. Um, because yeah, there the, like the things I did this weekend, this past weekend, I haven't done in a year. Like I haven't done, like there was a workout with 185 pound clean and jerks. Mm-hmm. I've not touched that weight. What's the heaviest bar you've, you've touched between 155. Love? Okay. Once, twice. Mm-hmm. so how <laughs> did you feel going up open. to that that bar like when you had 185 there like what were you what were you thinking going up to that mm. um well that's a whole another story in itself i mean there's like a couple stories with that so sorry if i'm long-winded but um so clan jerks have always been like a very weak exercise for me mm-hmm. i guess in crossfit um there is a work there is a competition where i, I literally lost i went from first to fourth uh, $8,000 to $0 because I couldn't do 185 clean and jerks or cleans. I think it was cleans. And so I stood there for six minutes at a competition and saw my placing went down the financial, any type of finances that I was going to gain gone. And I had to stand there for six minutes, just trying to do 185, but failing. <laughs> so I think that was like a uh, moment in my life. Um, and so clean and jerks have always been kind of like a scarier movement for me, I guess, because there's like PTSD, uh, mm-hmm. associated with it. Is it the, the but, kind of the association with the failure of reps and the weakness, or is it with a particular like kind of physical sensation? Um, I think it's, I think it's both. Like, um, I just feel like I haven't had the numbers with, uh, cleans because, uh, my back doesn't allow me to. Mm-hmm. So I think there's that component to it. But then because I haven't been able to do the reps and stuff, every time I see it at a competition, I just know that it's not going to be like a great movement for me compared to um, other games athletes. And I, mm. I know it's like a little bit lower than it needs to be and something that I want to work on, but my body won't let me all the time. So it's like really frustrating. And it's just like, ah, but um, I think for the first time, um, I wasn't scared to do the workout, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, because I felt like, I don't know, I've been like really working on technique. I've, we've, we've been touching barbells, but not anything heavy. And my technique feels so much better. Um, so I'm grateful for that. But yeah, I just kind of remember going into the workout and like not being fearful of it. And I think that's like the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like my, my goal was to just like finish the workout use as like a 10 minute time cap. I was like, just use all 10 minutes mm-hmm. and just get through it. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not trying to go for speed because I haven't touched it in a year. 
Um, but I think that was like a really cool thing. I was like, I wasn't scared to do the workout for the first time. Nice. Um, so that was really cool. But the other part of the story was that was day two. Day one was a bunch of like front squats and uh, hinging. Mm-hmm. And I was fine that day with my back, but I got to the gym day two and my back instantly went nervy um, when I started warming up for the clean and jerks. And I think for me personally, when my back gets nervy, I just like my, my body like shuts down like automatically. Like it gets, and I I think I realized what it was, um, was fear. It was a fear thing. It was fear of being in pain because I know how much pain I can be in with my back Mm -hmm. and I don't want to be there. Mm -hmm. And so, and I'm always scared now that it's going to go out like during an exercise, during a competition, because that happens last year. Mm -hmm. Um, and that had never happened before, like during a competition, obviously it's happened during exercises, but, um, so there's like a lot of fear associated with it. Um, so yeah, I was like warming up for it, felt the nerve pains that basically indicates that my disc is out and hitting a nerve. Mm -hmm. That's what it means to me. Like the bulging disc is out, it's hitting a nerve. So at any given moment, if it wants to, it can just completely go out on me. And I don't really have a choice over that. Um, so I just like looked over at Randy, my husband, and I was just like, I need five minutes because I was like freaking out. I was like being a spaz. I just felt like all this pressure and I was just like, I'm not ready. My back is hurting. Like I'm fearful. It's going to go out on me. I'm not gonna be able to do this workout, all this stuff. And, um, I just sat on my back with my feet up on a bench for five minutes, had him set a timer and, uh, was breathing, but also saying like really silly, but like saying positive things to myself. Mm -hmm. I was saying that beautiful, I'm capable. And I think I'm saying beautiful, capable and strong enough or something like that. And I was just kind of re saying that to myself and just kind of like taking some deep breaths into like my lower core, my obliques, And, um, I got up after the five minutes and it was still nervy, but I had this different type of confidence that I was like, I'm going to be just fine. Like I'm going to get through this weekend. Um, I'm going to be able to get through this workout. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think that was like a very significant piece to the puzzle that I just didn't have the ability to do in the past, especially when it gets nervy like that. Mm. Um, when it gets tight, like when my back gets tight, I'm like, oh, I'll just take a day off and I'll be fine or whatever. But when it gets nervy, there's like this association of like, I'm done. Like I'm going to protect myself. I'm done. I don't want to be in pain. Like we're done. I give up raising the white flag. Like we're done here. Mm-mm. Um, and so I think that was like a really powerful moment to be able to be like, if it's, I think what I said to myself, uh, before the weekend started too, was like, if it's meant to be, it's going to happen. Like there will be a way Mm. if it's meant to be. And I think that kind of takes the pressure off myself too, of like, if it's meant to be like, it's going to be like, I will have to do my part. I will have to push. I will have to maybe struggle fight, Mm -hmm. but like it will happen. 
And mm. if it's not, I'm going to be okay. And I think that took the pressure off myself of like, I'm going to be just fine if this doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was just like, that was a huge mental battle for me going into that workout and being able to like reset in that moment. Cause like, what if that happens at a competition, like semifinals or the games, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? Am I just going to give up, raise the white flag or use the skills that I completely have that I've been using this past year and putting into play every single day mm-hmm. and rely on that stuff. Like there's the confidence right there. Like I've been doing this stuff every single day. And I think that's the important part of like, you have to do things with excellency every single day mm-hmm. for those mental reps for these moments. Nice. Nice. I think that is the perfect place to wrap things up. That is such a, yeah. a kind of concise way of, of putting this. Like the, it's kind of the way you do everything is the way you do anything, but kind of with a bit more intention there. We use something called character skill training, which is where we think, okay, what you know, I was talking about the personality and like this is where your personality is, but where do I want to go to? Maybe I need more um conscientiousness. So the, the skill that I need is discipline here. I'm going to train that discipline, or maybe it's self-compassion, yeah. maybe it's awareness, maybe it's presence. Like so there's something in there that we need to train. How can I intentionally train that within my training sessions? How can I intentionally train it in wider life? I'm going to select like three ways that I can display that today. And when you do that, it becomes like you were kind of saying earlier, not not quite default, but like it's there, it's ready to go as opposed to be something you have to force. It's like, it's a kind of, it's a more yeah. regularly occurring, occurring pattern. Like what wires together, yeah. or what fires together, wires together, right? Like what you consistently do becomes more more likely to occur in the, in the future. So yeah, that's, um, yes. I love the way that you are implementing that in, in real life and showing it actually work um, because it's, it's, it's really awesome to see. And I'm, I'm so glad that you are on the mend, you are performing well and you're, you're back on it because it's, um, it's a privilege to compete and, and grow. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. It's a, it's going to be a wild ride this year. That's for sure. I already knew like after this past weekend, I was like, all right, it's going to be a battle. Yeah. yeah but i'm ready for it like i'm ready for the battle this year compared to i don't think i was ready for it last year interesting way of, of looking at it like i think it's pretty truthful i think you've done some some hard work yeah. in there so lovely stuff for the six people in the crossfit world who aren't following you um where can they find you on instagram yeah it's a uh, bethany cf um I'm also trying to hit the YouTube scene. So find me on YouTube. I don't really know what my username is. It's like Bethany Shadburn. I don't know. It's a bunch of I numbers. I think that'll do. People sure find you. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm on TikTok too. I'm trying to do TikTok. Are you on TikTok? You, you made the leap. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying. Stuff's hard. I'm like, man, am I too old for this? I don't care. Um, <laughs> there's no singing or dancing on my page. I'm sorry, guys. It's just a bunch of working out. So, um, Mm-hmm. yeah and then the be real i'm trying to do the be real too i'm like man there's so many apps there's too many there are, but there are i've decided yeah. on podcasts instagram that's it like i, yeah, I can't that's fair. i can't keep anything else in my life so unfortunately i would be following you doing your dances on tiktok um <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so thank you so much for joining us really really appreciate yeah. it with me. 
Thank you for listening to the Limitless Athlete podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes and find me on Instagram, Tom Foxley, T-O-M-F-O-X-L-E-Y, so that you don't miss out on your opportunities to, well, train your mindset and make it better and live a better life.